Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 17, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have pretty much the same thing we've had on the docket for the last few days. Yesterday, the market made an attempt to bust out to new all-time highs, came up slightly short. Today was what we call an inside day. What's an inside day? It's where the high range and the low range of today are within the high and low range of yesterday. That's an inside day. It's basically similar to an indecision day. The market didn't do anything. There was no conviction on the north side. There was no conviction on the south side. They basically ate time off the clock all day long. So what are they doing? Well, they're still in this bearish, wedgish kind of pattern, and they will remain that way until one of two things happen. A, they either break to the downside, or B, they either break to the upside and make another new high. Both are on the table. We can certainly wake up on Thursday morning to one or the other. They could gap them up, they could gap them down. Anything is possible. We have to be aware and we have to be prepared for either scenario. And that's what we do first thing in the morning for inside the number members. We provide them with the necessary numbers regardless of whether the market is in a rally mode or selling off. Now, from the daily chart perspective, that's pretty much what's jumping off the page at me. The question is, when we look at other charts, do we see different stuff? Do we have charts that confirm that it's a bearish pattern? Or do we have charts that confirm or specify that it's a bullish pattern and that we should expect higher prices sooner than later? What we have to do is go and take a look at those individual charts. Before we do that, we make mention of something else. Friday is an important day for a couple of reasons. A, it's options expiration. Is that really that important? Eh, probably not. We have one of those every single month, and they also have options expiration every single Friday. They have options expiration on certain things every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They have options expiring all the time. But this is what's called the regular way options expiration. It's the normal stuff for the old school guys. We also have something else occurring on Friday, which is the tinfoil hat stuff I discussed a couple of times this week. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and that remains more of an awareness than anything else, but if the market's trading up or down into one of those specific time frames, our antennas go up because we may see a trend change as a result. We could see an acceleration, which is why we don't guess in front of those type of events, but those type of events can be meaningful, so we want to be aware of them. And by the way, just because the market didn't go up today doesn't mean the market isn't trading up into that event. Let's say it trades up tomorrow. Let's say it trades up tomorrow and part of Friday or all of Friday. Let's say it goes sideways for a couple of days. The event happens, you know, the tinfoil stuff. And then all of a sudden, the market starts accelerating in one direction or another. We can certainly point to that event and say, hey, it had an impact. So Today, it's an awareness, nothing more, nothing less. What do we have on the 240-minute chart? Well, let's date back to yesterday, and what we discussed was that the fact that they closed this candle 
above this breakdown candle here, which was from the 9th, the 13.30 candle from the 9th, that's 1.30 in the afternoon for the non-military people. That in and of itself, not every time, but it can be a bullish signal. Now they've come down to do what? You got it. They've run a test of the low of the breakup candle. They didn't quite get all the way to the low, but they came close enough. The low here in this candle today was 467.48, and that's interesting in and of itself. We'll get to that later. This low was 467.07. We were buyers this morning of the SPY between 467.40 and 467. They came up eight pennies short of my entry or desired entry target. So as far as I'm concerned, we've got some unfinished business down there. That's a topic we'll get to later. But here we have a garden variety pattern that was running a test of a breakup candle low. It's above all the moving averages. And guess what? Until you close a candle, and in this case, it's a 240-minute candle, but until you close a candle below that low, this is a bullish pattern. This is a bullish chart. This is higher prices are more likely than lower prices. That's the position of this chart and this market. Close below that low, that's off the table, and something else is on the table. The 120-minute chart is basically the same thing we just discussed. It's just a shorter time frame, therefore the chart is just a little more stretched out. Above all the moving averages, breakup candle low, ran a test in the neighborhood, all that stuff garden variety market behavior. So based on the 240 chart and the 120 chart, there's nothing wrong with the market. And this is specifying that it's likely we're going to see a move higher sooner than later. Again, as long as they don't come below and close candles below, we'll call it 467 for argument's sake. What about the hourly chart? What's going on over here? Well, it looks slightly different. How does it look different? Well, let me pick it apart. Let me show you exactly what jumps off the page at me. So here's your breakup candle, and the low in this case is 468, not 467. It's different. Here, you have 467.07. That's the bottom from the other two candles. Here, you have a different scenario going on. So they close below the breakup candle low from the 60-minute chart, and then they start putting in one of these bearish, flaggish things or patterns running alongside hovering over and under right on top of the 20 period moving average. So if this was going to release the energy in the southern direction in this chart or according to what this chart looks like and is feeding back to us, would we expect support at 467 or would this chart go lower? The longer it goes sideways on this hourly chart in this formation, the lower price will likely go. Is the 50 period moving average any longer support? And the answer is not on this chart. It would have been down here, even though they hit it here, bounced away. The 50 period moving average would have likely been support in this candle here at 10.30 a.m. today, but now they ate time off the clock over it. So therefore, it's not the same as it was before. So what I'm saying here is, I'm looking at the hourly chart and I'm saying, hey, if this is going to break to the downside, then I think the breakup candle low, the 467 from the 120 and the 240 chart are in jeopardy of breaking lower than that. 
keep something else in mind. Even if they go lower, until or unless they close a candle below that price, they're not necessarily in big trouble just yet. What does 464.25 represent? Well, let's see what it represents. Let's do this exercise together. Let's say going into Thursday or maybe going into Friday, whatever it is, let's say the market's selling a little bit. They're headed lower. We just talked about the likelihood or not likelihood of 467. Depends on what chart you're looking at. Let's say they come below 467. We're doing the hypothetical. It's all in the spirit of being pre-prepared. 464.25 represents somewhere in the vicinity of this breakup candle low. Well, you also have a 100 period moving average at 465. You also have an area where the market essentially broke out from. In here, made a low, ate some time off the clock, and then broke to the upside. So wouldn't this be the same as coming back to check in out a former breakout area? I think so. You couple that with the 100 period moving average, the vicinity of a breakup candle low, not the one from the 120 or the 240 chart, but it's a different one. And all of a sudden, you have a pretty good bona fide area of chart support. We'll call it 465 to 464 and a quarter, give or take, in that neck of the woods. I would put that on a sticky note, and if they're selling them in the morning, guess where they're headed? They're likely headed right into that zone. What if they get below that zone? Well, then inside the number members will have the numbers below that zone, of course. Speaking of which, let's review the commentary from inside the numbers today, and then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. We'll look at the good, the bad, and the fugly. In the Globex session, the electronic session, where the thieves in the night play games sometimes, nothing happened. They were just bouncing around back and forth in what I like to call the chop shop formation. They were hanging around big fat round numbers. ES 4700, SPY 470, 469 and a half. Those are all important spots. We had a if they open above this price, it's the bull case scenario. It didn't happen, but you have to know that just in case. If they're going to bust out to new highs or at least run a test of the former highs, you have to know what's that number that A, they're going to run a test of first, and B, if they can bust it through, that's essentially the gateway. Today, that was 469.70. 468 is important. 466 would have been important, but price wasn't down there, so we didn't need it. But you have to be prepared. 934. 468.30 is support below, and they'll visit 467.40. Let's put some meat on this thing. All right, here's for starters. 468.30, price opens here, right at the vertical, today's activity, you know the drill. Price comes down into 468.30, give or take, bounces around, then starts coming back down to the second number, 467.40. What was the low? We already talked about it. 467.48, and they went right back up. Came up short of my number. To me, that's unfinished business. We're not done with the numbers yet. Hold your horses. What I specified right out of the gate this morning was, I'm a buyer at 467.40. Why not the first number? Well, it was support, but it wasn't the best support on the board. And as evidence of, price went lower, so I was looking for the lower number. Missed it by 8 cents, but that was really the spot. In that zone, 
down to 467 was the spot, and you saw the rip higher away from that spot. It just didn't get filled. Eight cents is eight cents. We're moving right along. 945, 469 to 469 and a quarter is resistance on the way back up if they found a low yet. And there's your 469, there's your high at 469.19, and they sold them off again and settled into a chop shop formation for the remainder of the day. Those were the numbers, the commentary, read it, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work, but what I've given you is the main numbers for the day and how the market reacted around those numbers. Remember, the numbers work. Not every single time, but the large majority of the time, the numbers work. Whether we're talking about numbers in the S&P 500, we're talking about numbers in the IWM, or we're talking about numbers in one of the stocks on the move. Nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, the numbers work. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at Visa, CVX, even though it was a little squirrely at the open, we're going to look at it for purpose anyway. We'll skip Target, didn't do the thing. We'll skip Billy, didn't do the thing. We'll take a look at Roku, D-L-O, and Stone. How about Visa? And I understand it's V-I-S-A, but if you're from New York and some other places, it's called Visa. Two numbers on the board on Visa, 204.97, 200.35, didn't really do the second number as we would like. You see it came close, traded away, did it later, and then decided to go back up to the first number. Here's what we can say. This wasn't the ideal trade, obviously. However, here's what we can say about Visa. The numbers worked. Not always do the numbers work and they provide the optimum trade. You have to have both. You don't have to have the optimum trade, but you need somewhere close to the optimum trade. In this particular case, Visa didn't do it in the manner in which we would prefer, but the numbers work. That's the takeaway. How about Chevron? Take a look at this. Opening price, 114.87. What was my price on the board? How about 114.97? So it opened below. Some traders may have taken it anyway. Some traders may have got filled by accident anyway. Either way, Here's the high, 116.53 by 10.45 in the morning. How about right away? The high in the first 15-minute candle was 116. Nice dollar rip instantaneously. Came back to double check at the number later in the day. The number worked, and they proceeded to close above it by the end of the day. Officially, was a no trade, but the numbers work. Roku wasn't a lot of fun, so here's what happened with Roku. Cut through the first number like a hot knife through butter, so that number was incorrect. And you can see what happened. It stopped on a dime at the third number, 257.30, the low in this candle, 257.30. It went back up to this second number, 260.35. After that, once you see failure below the third number, after it bounces back to the second, that's not the greatest trade setup under the sun. This one, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as my account was concerned, was a stop out the fourth number wasn't on the board. It was just something I was playing around with later. This is in the classification as a shit burger and in the 20% of the 80-20 rule of the ones that just simply don't work. About DLO, two numbers close together, make an equal case. It could be either of the numbers. 
comes into the second number, spikes below it, but then reverses back, has the rip higher. Your average is 38.75 based on this. Here's the high here, 39.90, better than the minimum required base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. DLO was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Not so much for Stone. Had one number on the board today for Stone. The 2210 or 2220, I believe it was at the time, was given out to traders in the Inside the Numbers live trading room. That number worked, but the 2575 didn't work. It was a shit burger. It was wrong. And this one, unfortunately, also is in the 20% camp of the 80-20 rule. So for me, believe it or not, not a great trading day. However, somehow, traders in the room inside the numbers live did a whole lot better than I did. How does that work? Better risk management than I employed today. They made money today. What have we got over in Camp IWM? Interestingly enough, they were escorted out at least on the side of the woodshed today. They didn't really get to the back of the woodshed, but down over 1% coming into, not into yet, but close to the 20-period moving average or home base. And if you recall, that 234.53 also coincides with what? The former high. This is the breakout area. What are they doing? They're coming back down to test the former breakout area. Now, what's interesting about this, and we have to keep each market independent of one another. You have the S&P 500 kind of hovering around the highs. Now, the IWM technically is around the highs too when you look at the longer time frame charts, but the daily chart looks completely different. Coming back to run a test of a former high, they're not quite on time yet, but we're getting close to being on time. What's the secondary number down there, the second line? It's at 232. Why is that? It's a secondary area where the market broke out from. You see, here's the weekly chart. So here's the first area, and here's the second area. I kind of picked the number in there, 232, to give us a range, about a $2.5 range. Who's to say they won't spike it down? And if they do, meaning underneath the top end, 234.53, if they spike it and they're coming down to run that test, in a spike, where would they be going? And that's where I was looking for a secondary number. And when you take a look back at the daily chart and you say, well, here's that secondary number and here's an area where they ran up to and then they were rejected from. So technically speaking, that's also a breakout area. So it's a zone. Remember, got to look at both sides of this. Maybe they're coming down to run a test of a former breakout area and then they go back up. However, what happens if they have a failed test? What happens if they get back inside, start closing day after day below that area? That would be a failed breakout attempt, and that opens up a whole new thing going on in the market. If that happens, obviously we'll talk about it at the time, but you have a breakup candle low down here at 233.92. There's a lot of stuff going on on the IWM from A, a time perspective, moving average, former breakout area, breakup candle low. Kind of starts smelling like a full stack, doesn't it? What about the folks down at the transportation department? No point in looking at the actual transportation index. It's skewed still. IYT is what we'll use. And IYT today has come into its 20-period moving average, home base. It was a bearish pattern yesterday. What did they do out of the bearish pattern? 
release the energy in the southern direction. Did symmetry play a role? Yes, it did. How do you know that? Go to the module on symmetry in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader, and you'll see symmetry played a role with home base to create an area that is garden variety of chart support. What else do you have? How about a breakup candle low, 272.92. What was low today, 273.49. They're in the ballpark. They were stopped by the 20-period moving average. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The Q people, what did they do today? They ran a test of the breakdown candle high. Here it is. Here's the high, basically 400. It's 399.57. What was the high today? If I can move this over, we'll find out. The high today is 399.72. Are you telling me that that's an accident or a coincidence they were up there and then pulled back from that area? No, of course not. That's what they were doing. Markets, whether it's a stock, a commodity, or an index, it doesn't matter. Markets are always headed to a destination. The trick is, can you as a trader, me as an analyst, can we find that destination? Can you assign multiple reasons why, A, they would be magnetic to get to the destination, and B, they would find overhead resistance, in this case, at that destination? Well, what's going on, by the way, is they're also, similar to the S&P 500, making one of these bearish, wedgish things. Now, granted, they're up near the old highs, so they can obviously bust upward and make another new high, but this is, until it's not, a bearish, wedgish pattern, period. How about the financials, the XLF? They've been riding the 20-period moving average, but what have we been saying? They've been riding under the 20-period moving average, which is not bullish, it's bearish. It was in a bearish formation under the 20. Guess what? Here it comes. They're breaking downward. To where? Well, maybe they get to the gap. Maybe they pull up short. Maybe they go slightly below the gap. 39 is a pretty good spot. It's a 50-period moving average. It's right about the gap. The gap officially is 38.93. We've talked about this about five or six times That's where they're going if they continue to come down. And by the way, this is also a former breakout area. So when you think about it, what are they doing? You got it. They're coming back down to test or retest a former breakout area. And by the way, where are they going to find support? Well, they have a couple of options. You have a gap. You have a moving average. You have another moving average. So this is how you unpack these things one step at a time, one chart at a time, And in this case, we only use the daily chart, but you can see what we do in the SPY as an example. That's how we uncover all the little stuff. You go from chart to chart to chart, and as you do that, it narrows down the possibilities of what's actually going to take place if price is actually headed to a specific area. You can usually pick it out using a variety of different charts. Smash Mouth, same routine. Bearish wedge, they're at the old highs. It's showtime. What are they going to do? Are they going to make another new high or are they going to get rejected? SMH is what? You got it. It's on time. It's make it or break it. It's showtime for Smash Mouth. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.